0: This is Dave from The Comic Collection at 83 Busselton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and of course comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello
1: and say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Hi, this is Eddie Beeson. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment.
0: Welcome to another episode. Today I'm joined by a very prestigious guest, someone who I'm sure everyone my age probably knows definitely by his voice. And after this, you're going to know him by name too. This guy's incredible, and I'm very honored to have him here today, Mr. Eddie Deason. How are you today, sir?
1: Very well, Ray. Thank you. And thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate it. I'm doing very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. just got home, and oh, right. I'm so excited for this interview. I've been waiting for this for since I talked to you last week, so I'm super excited. Um, let's okay. jump right on into it and can you tell sure. the listeners what you're most known for, what you're famous for?
1: I would say probably Greece. I'm usually the guy from Greece, you know Greece was my very first movie, even though I have a very small role in it. I, I have like I think I have three lines in it. I get hit in the face with a pie. I walk down the stairs and the the T-birds rough me up. And you see me bouncing around in the dance scene. But uh, Greece is probably just because of the scope of Greece, you know. Right. Usually, when a person does their first film, it's usually a, a turkey, you know. Usually small budget. Greece, I lucked out. Greece was like, you know, it's kind of like Wizard of Oz caliber, that kind of movie. So I did luck out. Then I, I I had a lot of bad ones saved up for later though.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously anybody who remembers that movie would remember you because you do get pretty front and center there during the dance scene, if I recall properly.
1: Yeah, making my geeky moves, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you were also part of a few smaller ones too that uh, I feel like... They were just as good, but they kind of went under the radar, like 1941.
1: That was a good one. 1941 is kind of a cult film. and It has cachet because of Spielberg, the Spielberg name, and also John Belushi, you know, because sadly, John left us with so few films. Such a right. talented guy. I think he only did like six or seven movies, which is a shame. He could have done some really... He did a real classic, of course, is Animal House, but he could have done some really great films, but unfortunately that's what happened
0: yeah and you've done some voiceover work too
1: right yeah i did voiceover in polar express you can see me in polar express which will probably be playing soon because it's getting to be the holiday season soon and it plays through the holidays you'll see it on tbs or other channels but yeah that was that was a fun one i got to work with tom hanks so that was definitely not only my favorite movie star but he's the nicest guy in the world everything you've heard about tom hanks is true he's actually (laughs) that great of a guy So that was was really a fun project.
0: Speaking of Polar Express, aren't you gearing up to do um, something with that here soon?
1: Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm I'm doing a a national tour. It starts November 14th. I'll be touring around the country. I'm going to West Virginia. Uh, Where are you located at, Ray? I'm up here in upstate New York. Okay, let me see. I I don't think we're coming to New York, unfortunately. I wish I could see it too bad. But we're going to West Virginia, Maryland, California, Florida, Texas, I know. No, so I guess we're not coming to New York, unfortunately. Shoot,
0: that's all oh, well, right. We'll
1: get you next year. Hopefully, I'll be doing this every year. But I'm looking forward to it. we're having a Polar Express promotional tour on trains, and we're going to ride the trains around, see the kids. I'll be making appearances, meet and greets, and uh, signing pictures for free. So wow. that will be yeah. We start in uh, uh, Fillmore, California, actually, you know, November 14th is the first one in, in Ventura County. Then on to Dallas, Texas State Fair, Dallas, Fort Worth, Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, West Virginia, Western Maryland, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no New York, unfortunately. (laughs) Shoot. That's all right. We'll get them next year. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like
0: a pretty full trip, though. I mean, sounds like you're going around to some pretty big places.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking very forward to it. I always loved the train as a kid. I like riding the train. And, you know, people hardly, you know, it's almost like archaic. You know, nobody ever talks about the train anymore. You never see trains in movies anymore, hardly. Right. They are fun. Trains are, I guess we're such a plane society, you know. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great. I'm so glad that you're still getting around and doing that kind of stuff. I mean, you didn't just let that, oh, you know, oh, I was in that movie that one time, and then just let it go. You're still really into it and, and making it happen and, Bringing that joy to people, because Polar Express really is a, a great movie for the holiday season.
1: Oh, thank you. I always, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, you know, Ray, but I always, was always one of my dreams to do a Christmas movie, because I love Christmas movies. I love watching them every year, you know, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol and all that, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original. Yeah. I love that stuff. I love, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> I love, uh uh, what's the one with the Scrooge, uh, A Christmas Carol. I love that, all the versions of that. So Polar Express kind of fit in with that. When I first saw Polar Express, I was really disappointed. It looked so weird. And I ran out of the – I went to the premiere, and I ran out of the theater. I was actually crying, and I went on the bus, and I rode home. I, I left halfway through, and I was crying on the bus. It looked so bad. And this, I, this African-American gentleman, I never saw him before or since, but he comes up and goes, what's the matter, son? I go, I was in this movie with Tom Hanks. It's called The Polar Express, and it's terrible. I just saw it. He goes, he goes, oh, no, son, I heard that's a good movie. Polar Express is a good movie. So he kind of cheered me up. Then I saw it later, a couple weeks later with my girlfriend. I saw it in a new unit of time, you know, and I went to a screening. I go, this isn't a bad film. And then it's really grown on me. It really is a beautiful film. I just yeah. I thought it would be different when we were filming it, you know. I thought it would be more of a comedy. It's definitely not a comedy. You know, right. It's just a, just a good Christmas movie. Yeah, you
0: know? my kids love it. So, I mean, you got to be doing something right, because kids these yeah. days have the attention spans of goldfish, so... Exactly, I mean.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, tell them I said, hi, tell them I said Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll do that here in a couple months. we got to make it through Halloween okay. first.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but that's great. That's that's fantastic. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to get into acting?
1: Um, I kind of didn't fit into anything else, Ray. I, I like, was kind of a ne'er-do-well in high school, kind of a goofball. I, not only couldn't I do any of the subjects, I couldn't find any of the classrooms. I, w- I was so lost in school totally lost. And then I just decided to come out here. My dad was a very nice man. He was a very generous man. He would send me $400 a month, which at that time, this was, you're talking the mid seventies, 1975, 76, 77, mm-hmm. he sent me $400 a month. And that paid for my rent and my bills. Dad was a very nice man and he paid for that stuff. So that kept me going. And then I lucked out. I did the old gong show. I don't know if you remember that with Chuck. I Barrow. do. That was my I first do that. Yeah, I did that. I got gonged by Paul Williams on jokes. And then I got grief. I left out, and that got me in the union.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, there you go. It sounds like you just kind of made a decision and went with it.
1: Yeah. That's I kind of cool. lucked out in the way because you, you know how hard it is to get started in the business. There's the catch-22. You can't get in the union unless you work, and you can't work unless you're in the union. So we right. have that terrible catch-22. You have to beat it somehow. And luckily, I beat it getting in grief.
0: That's That's amazing. Do you have any advice for people that are just starting out in this that are wanting to do
1: it? You know, you know what I say, Ray? I usually give this. People ask me that all the time. How do I get in the business? What's, what's your advice? And I usually go to this story James Garner gave. James Garner, you know, the guy from the Rockford Files. And he was a great actor, a good-looking guy, you know. Uh-huh. But he, said, he said when he started the business, his father said, give it five years. because you're starting in it. He goes, give it five years. Give it everything you've got. Buy pics or spend all your money on, you know, promoting yourself. That He goes, if you don't get anything in five years, you probably don't have it, he goes. And also, five years is not that big of a portion of a person's life. If you spent five years and you fail at it, you'd say, I gave it my best. It didn't work out. and You can go on and make a new career, you know. So I usually say, try the five-year rule. Do that. Now, it doesn't always work. Like, for instance, my, my friend, the soup Nazi, Larry Thomas, you know, he, he was on science, he was a soup Nazi. <laughs>
0: yeah, He yeah. was in the
1: business like 25, yeah, he was in the business 25 years before he got the soup Nazi bit, you know. So it oh. doesn't always work, but that's the advice I give. I go, give it five years. One of the saddest things is you'll see these people in the business, you know, 40 years and all. And they, they've never done anything. they just, they've been an actor and an actor for 40 years. And they never got a movie or something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the sad side of it. But it's just supply and demand, you know. There's just so many people. You can't, not everybody can work. It's just not possible, number wise.
0: Yeah, that's true. That, that's very true. Everybody's yeah. trying to do it nowadays. Exactly. With the, everything that you've done, uh, have you done any kind of like convention work or, you know, have you gone to conventions? Oh, yes. I,
1: I do signing shows all the time. Yeah, I, I do two or three every year. Chiller Theater is the big one I do in New York, but I, I've done a lot of signing shows. I've been doing them for like 30 years. I do two or three every year, and they're a pleasure. I, I've never met mean people once there. I've been, all the fans are nice. You know, these are real movie people. They're really into it, and they come to talk movies and discuss them. And, oh, you know, Greece was my favorite movie, blah, blah. My wife and I, the first one we saw together on our first date was Express. Or Oh, War Games. And guy, you know, War Games, that's why I got into computers. That's why I'm a computer salesman right now. Oh, uh, the man, War, Games, War Games. And, You know, they'll tell you these sweet stories. Yeah.
0: War Games, that's that's a name I haven't heard since, well, been a while. Yeah, War Games
1: was a good one. You know, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, changed the, the computer system of America because of that movie. He he watched War Games, he screened it at the White House, and he saw how easy it was to break into our computer system. So he changed our security system in America because of that movie. It's a true story.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. a, that's a good story. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. Do you have any stories that you know, about crazy fans or anything like that from a convention?
1: Well, I'll tell you a great story. This isn't necessarily crazy, but it's a very insightful story. This is a story I had at a signing show, and I always like to tell it because it taught me a lesson in life I've never forgot. Okay, I'm at a signing show. I'm at Chiller Theater in New York. Anyway, are are you a Beatles fan? Do you know about the Beatles? I do, Yes. Okay, well, Pete Best, you know him? He was the original Beatles drummer before Ringo. Right. Yeah, okay, I was signed in by Pete Best. Pete Best loved the movie I did called I Want to Hold Your Hand. It was his favorite movie. So Pete and I sat together for three days, and we signed there. Anyway, I'm there. Adam West is there, Batman and Robin. I talked to them. I was a real big shot. Barbara Eden, my biggest crush, my fantasy girl, was there. You know, I, I was mingling with her. All these celebrities were there. It was a huge show, okay, and I really was getting full of myself. You know, I made you know a couple thousand dollars. I thought I was a real hot shot. Anyway, one day in this convention, this guy comes up. This guy was the geek of all times. He comes up. He looked like Jerry Lewis as a nutty professor, but he looked worse. He looked. He had on a greasy shirt, and his tie was askew, and all. He literally had buck teeth. Oh He wow. had glasses. He just was this greasy-looking geek. This guy was the loser of all time. I go, Jesus, look this loser! And I go, I think to myself, okay, be friendly. You know, this guy's paying you money for your autograph. Be friendly. <laughs> da da da. So the guy who signed autograph, he talks kind of like that, you know. He kind of slurred his words. Yeah, sure, I'm real patronizing. I signed my autograph. Jeez, what does this geek want? You know, da, da, da. so I signed the autograph. With him. So the, anyway, I signed the autograph. With him. Oh, thank you, brother. So he beckons me in with his finger. He he calls me with his finger. He crooks his finger at me. You know, the, like come here, come closer. So what does this geek want with me? I go, okay, look, he's a customer. Listen to what he wants to tell you. So I lean in my head, real patronizing, hear what this geek wants to say. So he goes, this is what he told me. He goes. When I was in high school and other kids wanted to make fun of me, they used to call me Eddie Deason. The irony of the story is so hitting, and I never forgot the lesson of that story, is that you're not really superior to anybody. We're all just one, you know— there's nice people, there's bad people and all, but don't go feeling superior to anybody else. Be careful of that. You're not superior to anybody. You're not better than anybody. We're all pretty much the same. you should treat everybody the same, no matter how they look or whatever. You treat everybody the same. Treat them with human decency. That story I never forgot. That happened 14 years ago, and I never forgot that story.
0: That really is kind of a life lesson story. Huh? Yeah. Bet, but that had been a uh, bittersweet story. That, oh, well, you know, this guy got picked on being called me, me. I, but I never forgot it. it. It
1: hit me. It caught me by surprise. You know, it just really caught me by surprise. Yeah. And I looked at the guy in a whole different way.
0: Well, may, may, as long as you learn something, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yep. You're never too old. You're right.
0: You've done quite a few different roles in, in different genres and things like that. What would... What would you say your favorite genre is?
1: Well, I, I like doing movies. Movies are so much fun, but I have a hard time really remembering lines, so that's why I shifted into voiceovers. So oh. I started doing voiceovers in the early 90s like, because of that. Like when I did my scene in Wargames, I kept screwing up. Wargames had the scene, you know, how to get in the computer maze room, and I go through Falcon's maze, and it's a new data encryption algorithm. Anyway, I kept screwing up that line. I kept going, it's a new data endocrine algorithm. Cut. It's a new data endocrine algorithm. Cut. It's a new data to endocrine album, Cut. I kept screwing it up. Oh, so man. So the director, Marty Bress, was my director there. Marty got fired later, and John Batham took over. But luckily, they left my scene in there. But it was the only scene of Marty they left it. I think he directed for, like, 12 days. Anyway, Marty goes, we're going to take a walk around the lot. He goes, he goes, look, you're costing the studio a lot of money. You keep screwing up. I'm sorry, I can't remember the line. He goes, we're going to write your lines down on these cue cards. They're called idiot cards. And he kind of pronounced idiot. He goes, these are idiot cards. He said it kind of harsh. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted me
1: to get it right. So anyway, they write my lines down. I did the next scene. da 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 Oh, it's the data encryption algorithm. I read it off the card. It was real easy. I go, this is great. So I read the whole <laughs> thing. I did it in like one take. It was a great deal. So then I realized, this is great. And then, then I realized like, get into voiceovers. Voiceovers is you just get a script and you just read it. You know, for any real actor, voiceovers are a piece of cake. Right. So I started doing voiceovers shortly after that night. You know, I did a lot of cartoons. I did Dexter's Laboratory and a lot of different cartoons. And, uh, just voiceovers are a great racket.
0: Right, and that was another thing that you were uh, very well known for, I would say, and that's what I was alluding to at the beginning about maybe recognizing the voice but not knowing the name, is you voiced Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, I was Mandark. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. We did it for like six or seven years.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a long-running antagonist role, and quite honestly, yeah. he's probably one of the best villains that I've seen.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Ray.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did very well with that one. Now, you did play a villain before, I would like to point out, in a movie called Surf 2.
1: Surf 2, I was Menlo Schwarzer, right? I was the bad guy. That's one. I think the, I, two films I got top billing, that's one of the few. I got top billing in that, I got top billing in Mobbox, I think. But, yeah, Surf 2 was a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, Linda Carriage. I don't know whatever happened to her, but she was a beautiful girl. She was my co-star. Yeah, She was wonderful. She was lovely. Kind of a Marilyn Monroe type. She's either British or Australian. I don't know, but she was just lovely. And, uh, yeah, I wonder whatever happened to Linda. She was fun. But a lot of bikini girls. It was fun doing that, you know, and uh, nice actors on the set. Yeah, Morgan Paul was in that. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Isaacson. A lot of great people.
0: Oh, uh, What was... What was that line that you said? Uh, Buzz Cola gets them every time.
1: <laughs> cola gets them every time, yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yep. That was great. That was good stuff. Oh,
0: thank you. And, you know, your big, uh, your I, I want to call it a big break because I heard from from a mutual friend of ours um, that you had told him at one point that you know you finally made it when your stuff ends up on MST3K.
1: Oh Mr. yeah, Science exactly. Theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I heard that of... was so much better than the movie. They did a takeoff of Laser Blast, which was the second film I did right after Greece. And it is so much better than the movie Laser Blast. Their version is so much funnier and more clever. They they really barbecued me in it, but it was it was definitely plenty.
0: Yeah, it it was. I and you know, there's we could go on and on. You've done so many things, but it's some stuff I never even realized. Um one of the more recent things that I just realized, cause I have I have three kids, and I don't mean to tell a story about myself, but for a second here, you know, I've got three kids, and they, they enjoyed a show called Star vs. the Forces of Evil. And I did not know that you voiced some of the characters in that show, uh, no matter yeah, how briefly yeah. it, it was there. And after going back and rewatching it again, I heard it was clear as day, like, there was your voice. How would I miss that the first time, you know? <laughs>
1: oh, well, thank you.
0: <laughs> so... You know, I got to say, congratulations. You've had a long and illustrious career, in my opinion. I I think you are a fantastic actor, and I love your voiceover stuff. You've got that voice that just really stands out and sticks in your memory.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Ray. I I appreciate those kind words. They mean a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So this next part, um, you know, we're— like I like my shows usually go for about thirty minutes, and the last, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes or so, I like for you to be able to say where people can find you on social media and things like that. But we're not quite there yet. Sure. We still got time okay. for one more story, and you sure. know, like I said, this is you can answer it as much or as little as you want, or you can say, Ray, I hate you. Don't talk about that. But
1: <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I heard from a little birdie that you had a um. Smooch Fest with a certain somebody. a smooch fest? I'm sorry? A Smooch Fest. You, you... Oh,
1: Tanya Harding? <laughs> wow, drop that one right out there. <laughs> Tanya, I, I had two great kissing fests. One was Tanya Harding. I did that chiller theater I was talking about, 2005. Tanya was there. Now, Tanya went through, she wasn't getting a lot of customers. She was kind of like a villain. She was kind of perceived as a villain at that time. You know? That was shortly after the Nancy Kerrigan thing. You know, I think it was a oh, few years after that. But okay. she was kind of lonely, and I went over to her and we talked. We just started talking, and I perceived she was lonely. And, you know, one thing led to another. We started making out, and she's a great kisser. <laughs> we made out a lot. You know, then we later exchanged pictures. She gave me your autograph picture, and I gave her mine. And uh, or, or, I remember guys come up to me, hey, where's Tanya's picture? You know, they're like, they're going to break my legs if I don't get to I quickly signed a picture for her. But she was a great kisser, and it was fun making out with her. She was very sweet. My <laughs> other one is, that I made out with was Morgan Fairchild. I did a movie called Mob Boss with Morgan Fairchild, uh-huh. and there's the old the scene in it, you know, where the pretty girl kisses the nerdy guy, and then she moves away and his glasses, are steamed up, you know, with smoke, and we <laughs> yeah. did that tag. Morgan kisses me, and I absolutely with smoke. So anyway, Morgan turns to me before we do the scene. She asks me the easiest question of my life. She goes, do you want to rehearse? So I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Morgan Morgan Fairchild wants to rehearse, make an out. So we rehearsed her, and Morgan was a great kisser, too. Morgan was a delight to work with. I love working with her. She was such a nice girl. Great comedian, great straight woman. She was just wonderful at comedy, and we did, the, you know, we did the makeout scene. We did a lot of scenes together. And she was great. She <laughs> had me to her dressing room once for lunch. She uh-huh. was just, again, I think she was lonely, and she had me in a room and she told me her whole life story, you know. And I, it was just very beautiful. She's a very lovely lady.
0: That's great. Those are some yeah. awesome stories. <laughs> Well, thank you. (laughs) So if a director were to come up to you and say, I'm going to direct whatever movie you want to be in, what movie would that be?
1: Oh, what a great question. My God, I don't know. My favorite movie is A Hard Day's Night with the Beatles. That's Uh my all-time favorite movie, but I don't know how I'd fit into that. But maybe a movie kind of like that, you know, a silly, goofy movie, you know, just cut short scenes, you know, and funny takes, all funny jokes, something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean that definitely yeah. seems in your wheelhouse. I mean even yeah. even even in 1941 on the Ferris wheel that was pretty, you know, pretty out there, pretty silly. Oh yeah, but it was, fun. It was a great scene. I mean i I heard that um, you like to mess with people in that movie.
1: Uh, a little bit. I got my big story about that one was I got to throw up in Spielberg's toilet. I up oh, Spielberg's toilet. I hadn't had heard, heard that Ferris one. Wheel, Murray and I. I'm sorry.
0: I said I hadn't heard that one.
1: Yeah, Murray and I, Murray Hamilton, my partner, he was the, the mayor of Jaws, you know. Murray was a great guy, but we were in the movie. We spent the whole movie on a with my dummy. I'm a ventriloquist, and my dummy's up there with, so the three of us are up there. Anyway, one day, Stephen was whipping us around real fast. He just kept whipping us around. Like I got sick. I go, could you please stop him getting sick? I got a bad stomach. So Stephen let me down. He said, my secretary take you in my dressing room. Go lie down. So Stephen's secretary took me into his room, and I laid down in his cot in his dressing room. Uh-huh. Then I got real sick. I crawled on my hands and knees. I went to the bathroom, and I threw up in the toilet. I was so sick. Oh, no. And the significance hit me. I go, I just threw up in Steven Spielberg's toilet. And I realized this is one of the highlights of my life, even <laughs> though it was a miserable day. It was the highlight of my career.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. You you have some awesome stories. I'm sure you probably well, have you. a thousand more like that, don't you?
1: Here and there, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you just work in the midst with these great people, and the stories just come up. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, you're obviously, if you're – working with these great people and you've had so many roles you must be a great person yourself so that that should well, be thank a, you. that should be thank another lesson <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i only speak the truth on my show so well, we got to we got to keep it real <laughs> but as we're approaching the end of the show here you know time tends to fly when you're having fun as it were sure. um, can you just if you want to run down mm-hmm. and and let people know where they can go to kind of follow your events like social media you know if you happen oh, to know where media,
1: i'm a facebook nut ray i'm a facebook nut i'm on facebook every day i post every day my jokes quotes quotes of the day jokes of the day trivia i have whose birthday it is all that kind of stuff who died on this day
0: but oh, i post wow. every
1: day on facebook i love facebook and I'm, I'm a facebook nut so you can see me there every day that's cool that's good to know yeah
0: <laughs> and are you on any of the other crazy social medias that are out there right now
1: no, pretty much just Facebook. Okay. Pretty much just Facebook for me. Yeah, You know,
0: I, I'm actually pretty surprised at how many times I hear that. And most people are just kind of getting into just one thing and, and sticking there. So that's good. It's nice to not have to look for you everywhere. You're in one spot with all of your stuff
1: right yeah. there. Yeah, so Facebook can cool. find me right there.
0: <laughs> um, so is there anywhere that people can follow the goings-ons with the the Polar Express Tour?
1: Yeah, here it is, Ray. It's called the Polar Express Train Ride Promotional Tour 2019. You can Google that. Okay. The Polar Express Train Ride Promotional Tour 2019. See all the cities will be appearing. at. The tour starts November 14th in Fillmore, California, heading to Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, going to Pittsburgh, going to Cumberland, Maryland, my hometown. Like get to have Thanksgiving with my family, so that'll be nice. Oh, Fort
0: awesome. Lauderdale
1: on, to Orlando. Uh, and then uh, Paris, California is the last spot. Yeah, November or December 13th. Right on. Yeah. And so please, yeah, check in. The, if you're anywhere near there, please drop by. I'd love to see you. The pictures are free. I'm signing a free picture, and it's just a meet-and-greet for me. They're going to have, you know, the shows. I'll have, like, the the guys that pour hot chocolate. Those guys will be oh, dancing. I'll yeah. have the cast members there, but I won't be that. I do a meet-and-greet, and I just sign free pictures, and I'll be meeting talking to the fans. So this is going to be a joy for me. It'll just be my pleasure. So
0: anybody who's yeah. listening, you better go check that out because it sounds like a good time, and I wish they were coming to New York so I could. Maybe I'll just have to go to Maryland.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Where are you at in New York, Ray? I, I'm in
0: pretty well upstate i'm uh near the rochester area so uh okay i'm a pretty good ways up but you know for a tour like that i'd make the drive (laughs) um is there anything besides the polar express thing in the works or is that the only thing i'm going to
1: be doing a, a polar express screening and appearance in grand rapids michigan that is like december 14th i think december 14th for five days Okay. it, you know, reading the book to the kids in schools and stuff like that. So I'll be doing that. And then there's some autograph shows early next year. It's kind of early to talk about those. But that's what I got for the rest of the year. That's right. pretty much what I do now, you know. I love these personal peers. I love meeting the people because they're always so wonderful. Meeting the fans, they're, they're always so nice. They're such a joy to meet. So it's my pleasure.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's amazing to hear. Uh, I'm. It's always nice to hear when... The grandeur of it all hasn't gone to somebody's head, and they're they're still down to earth, and, and they're all about the fans. That's great to hear.
1: Oh, thank you. Good
0: on you. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, come next year, we'll have to get you back on the show so that you could talk about your, your new upcoming stuff.
1: <laughs> It'll be my pleasure. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Uh, well, as we draw to the end here, I'm just going to say thank you very much again for coming on the show, Mr. Deason. This has been... Absolutely amazing. You're a great guy. You made me laugh with your stories. You got some great
1: ones. Well, let me say something, too, my last thing that's important to me, and I hope you assimilate this. You are a super nice guy yourself, Ray. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. You're a fine person, and I hope you achieve all your dreams. I hope all your Christmas wishes come true. You're just one of the nicest guys, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. You're oh. a thorough mensch. <laughs> Thank you
0: so much. I appreciate that. That's sure. very flattering. sure. And, you know, you have one a wonderful of...
1: holiday season, Ray. Have one... a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. You. Or is... Happy Hanukkah. I don't know if you're Jewish, but whatever. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. But, you know, that would be an absolute pleasure and dream of mine to work with you someday after, oh, you know, be hopefully after I get to that point. So that would be phenomenal yeah. to work side by
1: side with you. Well, let's hope that. Let's hope we make that happen someday. Oh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs>
0: And with that, we're going to draw the show to a close. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming on, tuning in, listening to how we do things around here, and having a laugh with me. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Mr. Deason, and we'll get him back next year, and we will see you all later. That's it for today's show, ladies, gentlemen, and anything around or in between. Another great interview. Remember, I'm Ray, and this has been Breaking the Fourth Wall. Check me out at Chronicles of the Lost Realm on YouTube, Anchor, and Instagram. I can also be found on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Become a patron to help us provide even more content and quality entertainment for you. All of our shows can be found on anchor.fm or wherever podcasts can be heard. Breaking the Fourth Wall is a Realm of the Mist affiliate.